Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Baller Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And first, let me start by just saying thank you to my wife. Uh, For those of you that weren't able to listen to the podcast last week, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to it. My wife actually joined me for the first time on the podcast, and we used it as an opportunity to be able to encourage moms. But I would say, even listen to it if you aren't a mom. If you have a wife and she's a mom, if you have a mom and she's a mom. (laughs) I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes the things that just come out of my mouth. However, if you have a mom, I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast because I think what it does is it really lays out very well just some of the struggles that moms can have as well as some really great life lessons uh, that my wife has learned as a mom and just being able to share her journey and share her story. So I just want to encourage you, if you have a chance to go back and listen to that, make it a point to do so. In my humble opinion, it's probably one of the best podcasts that I've ever done. And the reason why is because I wasn't the focus. <laughs> it's because of my wife and just incredible wisdom that she was able to lay down and encourage us with. But with that in mind, I just wanted to share a quick housekeeping thing. If you are listening on our website, thank you so much for taking the opportunity to be a part of the Encounter Community Church podcast and listen to you. This piece of encouragement that we are we're sharing that we share each week, and just want to let you know that if you would love to subscribe, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, that way, when we post new things, you will be one of the first ones to be able to get it and to listen to it. So, with that in mind, you can find us on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like you go through the list, and you can find us there. And I would also encourage you that if if this is an encouraging podcast to you, share it with a friend. Um, I would also love to be able to interact with you. So feel free to share your thoughts. You can go to our our email, encountersouthbay at gmail.com and just share some of the thoughts that you may have about what it is that we talk about on the podcast. But then also what I would love for you to do is just let us know what are the things that we do well? Uh, What are the things that we can do better? Uh, We'd love to continue to improve. One of the things I'm really excited about is the fact that COVID is coming to an end because I I really desire to have more and more people be a part of this podcast. And one of the reasons why I held off is because COVID came and just kind of ruined that and ruined the plan and, you know, because we have the social distance and all that other aspect. But now that it's starting to hopefully be on the downswing We can move forward with that and invite others to come and to be a part of this podcast journey and be able to share their stories because I think that those are, I think that those are the better podcasts that we do. So be praying for that. That's what we're hoping for. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this moment with me. It's one of those things, again, that I do not take for granted. So we are in the middle of a series, or we're actually winding up a series that we've been doing called, Where's the Love? And really what we've been looking at is, as I look around me, can I see 
love. Can I see love? I think if we look at the current challenges that we see in America today, we would question it. Can, can we see love racially? Uh, can we see love economically? Uh, can we see love even politically? And I think in those cases, the challenge and the answer may be no. I, I, for sure, we have a hard time seeing love on Facebook. <laughs> Depending on what you post, you may not feel the love, which I understand and have been unfortunately able to experience in my own life as well. So I've actually worked very hard to limit my encounters on Facebook uh, for that very reason and just use it for posting wonderful pictures of my family, my kids, myself, and my dog. <laughs> we'll just lay off the political stuff, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But can we find the love? I think it's one of those questions but with that, can we find the love? I think that that's one of the one of those questions that we can find ourselves trying to work through and wrestle with, because I, I think it's it's pretty absent. And so, over the course of this series, we've dealt with things like just the difficult side of love, dealing with difficult people, the struggles in marriage, dealing with our anger. How do we overcome that? Uh, I mean, we we've gone through just a litany of the B side of as a mom dealing with just difficult th times that can happen in our relationship with our kids. So, so we've dealt with, you know, some of the, some of the hard stuff on the B side of, of love. And, and what I wanted to do today as we wrap up this series is I just wanted to take a moment to just dig into the ability to truly be able to connect with others. So I, I think when I look at the trajectory of our nation, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the direction in which we're headed. Because it seems like, again, the lines of division are continuing to grow thicker and thicker. And there's also this mindset that if you aren't for me or my ideals or my thought process or my lifestyle if you're not for me then you're against me if you aren't endorsing me then you're my enemy if you don't think like I think believe like I believe then your thought line should be sequestered and I think we're getting away from the very foundation of our nation. We're, we're supposed to be a nation where debate is healthy, where we can sit down and bring out some of the hard issues and do what we can to work through them, to find solutions that work. But I think if we are not allowed to be able to fully express our thoughts or our opinions because of the fear of whatever ramifications there might be, I think we're headed in a very unhealthy place. I talked about this in a previous podcast. Like I was saying in the podcast, I never thought that as a black man, I'd be fighting to say that it's okay for racists to be a racist and even proclaim racist ideologies. 
Never thought that I would be defending that. But I, I feel like I have to. And I, I think the reason why is this. That, that, that if we shut the voice of, or quiet the voice, or shut out the opinion of every racist, then how do we move to a point of health? How do we move to a point of, of growth? I, I think if you shut the races down, then all you do is cause them to dig into dig in their hills that much more. To cause them to believe that they're right that much more. It, it closes the door for discussion and debate and, and talk and for them to be able to see and experience something different. Now, I, I do want to make this really clear. If it's, if it's a statement that is harmful and potentially dangerous to someone else, that, that's a different story. That's a different story. But I think today we're even at the point where if someone just even remotely says something that possibly could be considered racist, that may cost you your job. I don't know if that's the healthiest place to be. I just don't know that it is. So what do we do? How do we change that? How do we change this direction that we find our nation headed in? How, how do I change that direction? If I see it within me, how do I change that direction that I find I may be headed in? And I really wanna challenge every single one of us who's listening to this podcast to begin to ask ourselves that question. Have I allowed myself to get to a place where I only want people around me who agree with me, who believe with me? I only want those kind of people around me. Now, th there is a difference between poison and differences. So yeah, I would agree. If there is if there is someone who is poison, yes, you have to be wise in allowing that person to be a part of your circle. However, if it's someone that just believes or thinks differently, we might want to reevaluate that. If, if I create a situation where my entire circle is homogeneous, then how do I grow? How do I have my ideas challenged? How do I expand? How do I, how about this? How do I develop compassion, mercy, understanding? How, how do I put myself in a position to be able to hear someone else's story about why they came to their viewpoint and be able to develop a compassionate heart towards them. How do I do that if I exclude everyone from my circle that's not like me? How, how do I do that? And I think we know that the answer to that question obviously is, is, is I can't, I can't. And the truth is I will never reach my fullest potential as long as I surround myself with people who think like I do. Isn't that one of the things that we, we talk about avoiding something called groupthink, right? And basically what happens with groupthink is you get everyone in a circle 
that all thinks exactly the same way. There's no one challenging the ideas. There's no one that gives you the opportunity to see something from a different perspective, a different ideology, or a different mindset. There's no one that does that. There's no one that brings, again, a different viewpoint. And so the problem with groupthink is now it also begins to hinder me from being able to see my deficiencies. It, it hinders me from being able, again, to expand my horizons. So I think it's important for us to really begin to, to, to dig into this and just begin to ask ourselves, how often do I intentionally try to connect with people who are not like me? How often do I do that? How often do I practice that? How often do I give myself that opportunity? How often? How often? So with that in mind, I, I just really want to encourage you to spend some time and just really reflect on that. I'll make the commitment, I'll do the same thing as well. To begin to allow myself to wrestle. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the moment that I felt like I started to grow the most in my faith. And that is when I started to grow and wanted to develop in my relationship with Jesus. And I became the campus minister of a ministry called the Warrior Christian Fellowship at El Camino College. And let me tell you, Warrior, it was just because at that time they were called the El Camino Warriors. So it's just a, a connection with that. There was no big biblical name for the warrior idea. It's so funny because every time I say that, I always think of that movie, The Warriors. It came out in the 70s. And there's a guy clinking the bottles in the background going, Warriors, come out to play. So I may have just dated myself. If you remember that, you're going, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. And if you don't, I apologize for taking you down that journey. <laughs> but when I was on campus there and I had a chance to interact with other students that didn't believe like I believe, I had some really fantastic conversations. And, and what it caused me to do is to go back and examine my faith and examine my belief and examine why do I accept that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior? And, and why do I hold to the biblical mandates of life? And how do I best be able to explain that to others? I, I will tell you, I had some incredible, incredible conversations doing ministry that way. And in some ways, I miss it. And in some ways, I've made a commitment to change it. I made a commitment that as COVID comes to an end, I'm getting out there. I'm getting more involved in our neighborhood. I'm getting more involved in our community. I'm getting more involved and putting myself in as many positions as possible to be around people who are not like me. I want to encourage you to do the same. And intentionally look at it as an opportunity to be able to, if you're a follower of Jesus, to be able to be a positive influence for them to be able to see that there is something different about you and about your faith and about the way that you live your life. But I think it's, it's a great place for us to make a commitment to grow and to be. It's a great place for us to try to reach and shoot for. So pray about it. 
think about it and just ask yourself, what steps can I take to intentionally be around others who are not like me? And guess what? If you do, guess who you're being like? That's right. Jesus. And I know that answer is kind of obvious. You know, it's like the little boy in class. What is a fluffy animal with a bushy tail? Uh, it sounds like a squirrel, but I guess at church, should I say Jesus? <laughs> but I, I just want to say that it really is. That, I mean, just think about how many encounters did Jesus have with people who were not like him? I think about in John chapter 4 where he talks to the woman at the well. I, I think about just the, the opportunity he has to, to speak to a Roman soldier who comes to him, a, a leader who comes to him to ask him to heal someone. And just the opportunity there. I think about the woman who comes to him and says, hey, can you take care of my situation? Can you heal? And Jesus Christ is like, they, they come into this conversation. And by the end of the conversation, Jesus says about this woman who is not like him, like, wow, I have never seen someone with faith like this in all of Jerusalem. And here's a woman who is not a Jew. Just go through and look at how many times did he have an opportunity to interact, interact with those who were not like him. I think about Nicodemus who had this religious ideology it came from this, this standpoint of just really being completely regimented and, and, and different than Jesus. But yet he comes to Jesus to have a conversation with him. And it's a conversation that changes his life. How did all those conversations happen? It's because Jesus made it a point to make himself available. He was where the people were. That simple. And so if you make a commitment to do that, you will. You will put yourself in a position to be just like Jesus. But now it brings us to this, and, and this is this is really the meat of our conversation today. And it brings us to this place. How do I navigate conversations with people who think differently than I do? How do I navigate those conversations? So I came across an article on a website called Fast Company, and it says, your team members need to disagree more. Here's how to help them. And it was a really great article, but in it, it gave some suggestions. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna use some of those in my podcast because I think that there's some great ideas there on how we could be able to dialogue with people who do not think the way that we do. Some great ones. So here's the first one. And I know this is this pretty straightforward. This is not rocket science, folks. But it says, listen to one another carefully before responding. I love that. Listen to one another carefully before responding. And I think that that's the thing that we are so committed to trying to prove our point that we really fail to listen. And now come on, come on. I, don't tell me you don't do this because I've done it. You've made your point and they begin to talk. And while they're talking, you're thinking counterpoint, 
counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint. Like you are already formulating your, their, your argument. And sometimes you might even cut them off because you got something to say. <laughs> it, it says in James chapter 1, verse 19, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must also you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. I, I love this. It's saying get rid of the stuff that separates you from others. And what is one of the best ways to do that? It starts off with an incredible piece of advice. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See, I, I think sometimes we can be guilty of wearing our hearts on our sleeve. We really can. And the result of that is we can become ultra and uber defensive about our points, about our beliefs, about our stances. So much so that we may hear, because would you agree that there is a difference between hearing someone and listening to someone? between hearing someone and listening to someone. I hear my wife all the time. <laughs> Do I listen? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, she might have some things to say about that. It's really funny the other, just last night, my son was in the living room and my son said something and then my wife responded and then I responded to what my son said and my son said, Dad, I just said that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but the reason why is because I heard him, but I didn't really listen to him. So that really puts us in this place where we have to be committed to listening. So, so what's one of the keys to listening? One of the keys to listening, I think, is to really focus in to the person that you're listening to. Make sure that you have, you know, the body language, that you're listening with your eyes to watch their body language, that you're listening with their ears, not just for their words, but for their tone, that also you're communicating. If you are in a discussion with someone and your arms are crossed, then basically what you've just done or what you've just said to that person is, I'm blocking you out. I'm not really listening. Open up your body. Turn towards them. Allow your language, your body language, your facial expressions to really commit that I am in it to listen and hear you. To really listen, or sorry, to hear and listen to you. I'm, I'm really there. I'm really there. I, I had a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking. And, and as we were talking, I, I said these words. I said, I think you hear me. But I don't think you're listening to me because it's obvious based on some of the things that you're saying that you don't understand me. Now, 
I, I did say it a lot gentler <laughs> than that. Because <laughs> I, I think if I said it like that, you'd be like, boy, who you think you're talking to? So it, it, was, it was much more gentler than that. But I, I've had those moments where I can honestly say that they weren't listening to me and I wasn't fully listening to them. And my whole goal was to wait for them to be quiet enough for me to feel like you're done talking. Now, let me say the point that really needs to be said so you can hear what really needs to be heard so that you can understand what really needs to be understood because my point is all that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a challenge. Now, what is it that makes you a very good listener? Another word, humility is humility. Philippians chapter two tells us to think of others as better than ourselves. It's humility. And, and, and really, here's what we're saying is, we're saying by my listening to you, I am giving you respect because I believe that you do have something valid to say, even if I disagree with you. Even if I disagree with you, that you still, at some point or other, may have something valid to say. And you know the old adage, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Who came up with that? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Maybe research that idiom. But the point is, is are we making it a point to really hear what they're saying? So I love that. Listen to one another carefully. Here's another one that I thought was really good. Do not compete to win. Do not compete to win. So here's the question that you have to ask yourself is what's more important, winning the point or winning the heart of the person? Because yeah, you may prove your point. You may have the verbal gymnastics of Nadia Komenich. Boy, did I just date myself there, huh? Mary Lou Retton, I dated myself again. Dominique Dawes, oh, Simone Biles. There we go, there we go. A little bit more modern. But you may have the ability to verbally navigate something so eloquently and so well. So, so what good is it if, if you win the point but you destroy the person in the process? You win the point but you lose a friend in the process. One of the greatest compliments that I, that I got I, again, used to work, I was at El Camino College, did the campus ministry there, but I also used to work there. And one of my coworkers was someone who did not believe in Christianity whatsoever. And we would have really, really great conversations. And, and one day she said this, she said, she said, Ken, I know that I don't agree with you, but I really appreciate how you respect me. And I thought, wow. And here's, here's what's really interesting is I still see this person. Now we're talking about over 20 years ago, <laughs> but I still see this person. Our kids are on a soccer team together at the school that they go to. So I still see this person. So it's just really interesting how it happens. And that's the thing is, it's not worth it to win the argument if you burn the bridge in the process. How, how do I lead you closer to Christ? 
if I burn you, how do I? So, so we have to really begin to decide what is it ultimately that really, really matters. What is it ultimately that really matters? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Receive, I, I love that. Make sure that you conduct your conversation in such a way that God would say, I approve. I approve. Not only just of the words that you say, but I also approve of the attitude by which you present it. I approve because of the way that you're talking to that person. They can see me in you. They may fundamentally disagree with you, but they see me in you. I approve. Be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed or who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. So as I look at this, it, it really does boil down to us being able to look at ourselves and just being able to see what is it that I'm, what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. Because how you say something is just as if not more vital than what it is that you say. So make it a point to see this difference as a conversation, not necessarily as a debate. See, conversations we can agree and in conversations we can disagree and we can still walk away as brothers. In debate, my goal is to win. My goal is to out-argue you. My goal is to bring you to the court of opinion and ideas and annihilate you so that you can go, oh, Ken, I am so moved by the, by the incredible, like, I can't even make it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, but can I am so moved by your verbal eloquence. There we go. That I have now come up to the point that I believeth in what it no, that never happens. It never happens. And I'll tell you, I've had those moments too. I've had I've had those moments where I've had to go back to someone and say, you know what? I disrespected you. I, I remember. I was at Cal State Dominguez Hills and I was sitting at a Christian table and this guy walked up to me and just started to lambaste me. Just, I mean, just really went in. And I can tell you now, I did not respond the way that Jesus would. <laughs> I didn't. I laid down, I, I went in 
and it was spectacular spectacular everything coming out of my vernacular like we like okay buddy you want to spar the gloves are off let's go let's go pull the sleeves up if you're a woman take off the earrings take off your heels it is on right now buddy and uh, I went after him I went after him and then I sat down and I thought about my example and I, and I did, I had to apologize to my fellow believers that were at the table. And I, and I made it a point, every time I went to Cal State Dominguez Hills to try to find this guy. And I did, and I did. And I pulled him aside and I said, you know what, hey, I, I need to apologize to you. Because the way that I responded to you was, with such utter disdain and, and just so disrespectful, I apologize. Please, please forgive me. And he was like, you know what? I have to tell you that my approach to you was wrong. I have been offended by Christians in my past. And I, I just came at you and I, I attacked you as well. And the great thing about that is afterwards, we went down into the um, cafeteria, had coffee and just chit-chatted for a while. So, so that part of it was great. And I praise God that I was able to make up for it. And from that point forward, we were able to see one another differently whenever we saw each other on the campus. But I got lucky. I had a chance to repair it. What good is it? If you burn a bridge that you can never cross back once again. And like I said, you may have won your point, but you lost the person. You lost the heart. You lost the opportunity for further dialogue. So let's do something differently. Let's listen. Let's understand that our goal is not to win the debate, the discussion, or the talk. That's why I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I love that. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Although you may be diametrically opposed, my words will be an encouragement to you. What if that became our approach? What if? So I really do. I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you as we process this together. Let me tell you again, I don't have this down. I still got a lot of work to do to be better in this area. I, I wish that I could say that I were more more humble. I, I wish that I could say that I don't let my emotions get the best of me. I wish that I could say that I don't get caught up in the moment sometimes. I, I wish that I could say that I, I could say that I have grown, but I still got a lot of work to do. I still do. And and we are we are on this journey together. And that's my prayer 
is that we will be on this journey together, making a difference with our hearts and with our lives. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, just a quick reminder that on June the 27th, we are launching our indoor services once again. So we're really excited about that. Things are going in the right direction. You know, the CDC has just announced that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks inside. We're, we're still trying to figure out what that means. I, I, I probably think, to be honest, for the first few weeks, we may do masks inside just to protect those who are not vaccinated. But I'm excited. We're, we're moving forward. We're progressing and being able to overcome this greatest challenge probably in the history of our lives. So praise God for that. So hopefully you're able to join us June 27th, 10.30 a.m. at Encounter Community Church. And just a quick reminder, Encounter is about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. What is one way that I can love God more today than I did yesterday? Love out. That's what we're talking about today. How do I effectively really love others in a way that they can see Jesus Christ in me? And love in. Let's constantly examine ourselves. How can I grow? How can I be better? How can I better represent Jesus? What's the steps that I could take in me to reach how he has called me and created me to be? So thank you so much. Oh, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Your Best Family in 30 Days. Your Best Family in 30 Days. So hopefully you can join us for that on Sunday at our outdoor service as well as our virtual service. If not, we'll be talking about it on our podcast as well. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.